Have you ever felt like God was asking to do something that you didn't feel qualified to do? Like you're not an expert in that area yet. He's asking you to maybe help women with motherhood and you've only got a one-year-old or help women learn the Bible better, but you're just learning how to do it yourself. A lot of times we think that we can't do the thing that we're actively going through and we have to be the expert. But on today's episode, I'm going to be talking with a woman that will show you that that's not always the case and it can actually be a really powerful way to make an impact as God works through your struggles as you're actively going through them. Hey mama, do you find yourself wishing you knew you were on the right path with your business or wanting to know how to do it all as a work at home mom and entrepreneur? If you struggle with imposter syndrome, mom guilt, or fear of failure, then you're in the right place. Hi, I'm Alexia, a Christian mindset coach passionate about teaching moms how to renew their minds to find success both in business and motherhood. You can overcome the negative thoughts holding you back from fully stepping into your calling. I know what it's like to worry your business will never work, to feel mom guilt every time you work on your business, to realize your mindset is hindering you, but not knowing how to change it in a Christ-centered way. I created the Mama with a Calling podcast to teach you how to use the powerful combination of God's Word and proven mindset strategies to help you break free from negative, paralyzing thoughts and gain clarity and confidence to go where God is leading you. As you step out of the old way of thinking and into God's way, you'll find more peace, joy, and purpose. Pop in those earbuds and get ready to let God work in you so He can work through you. Hey there, welcome back to the Mama with a Calling podcast. This is Alexia. Thank you for joining me for another episode. Today I'm going to be talking, I'm doing an interview with Julie Thomas. Um, She's an author. She had, she was on I Am Second. And we're going to be talking about postpartum depression. Now, as you maybe heard in the little intro trailer thing, this, this, I promise this is related and it can help you with your business and pursuing your calling. But I did want to say before we get into this episode, like I said, it's about postpartum depression. So Julie really shares vulnerably and very raw about some of the things that she went through. And so while there wasn't anything really bad talked about in this episode, I did want to say that this might not be one for little ears because it is, she does talk about some of that, the darkest moments, and um, it might be triggering for you as well. I don't, I didn't experience that, but I did feel led to share that, to say that, that that disclaimer that this may be triggering for you. And I just want to put that out there as we as we go into this interview. So you can use some discernment there. So a little bit more about Julie. So Julie is Julie Thomas is a wife, a mother of two life coach and author. After the birth of her second son, Julie battled a severe case of postpartum depression. For years, emotions of anxiety, confusion, shame and shame consumed her life, leading to isolation and suicidal thoughts. In her darkest hour, she felt God's undeniable call to share her story with others. With the release of her novel, Hope Inside Out, and her willingness to be open and transparent, Julie was able to find healing for herself and help others do the same. So that's one of the biggest reasons that I said yes to having Julie on the show is to talk about the the way that God can totally call you to do something, to share something, to help people with something, even though you're actively going through it. As you'll hear in the interview, Julie at the time was not fully healed or fully recovered, yet God was asking her anyway to help others. And when she did that, she just, it was just amazing to see what that impact was. So I knew this was in, would encourage so many of you because I know I've heard you tell me that, um, you know, you feel led to do to, to, to help people in this area or that area. But there's this feeling that you can't until you're an expert until you've mastered it yourself until all these things. But if God is asking you to, 
you don't know, A, what the impact is, and B, we don't get to decide to say, hey, God, I'm not an expert. I'm going to say no for now. He's asking you to now. So I really wanted to talk about that part in this episode so that you could be encouraged in that area. This, that doesn't apply to everybody. And it could be that God isn't asking you to do it right now, but he might be. So I just wanted to put that in, you know, to get that out there and start that conversation. The other part is that I really believe that a lot of the things that she talked about, I'd really encourage you to go listen, to go watch the I Am Second video. It's really powerful and just really sums up her whole story really well. Um, but when I watched that, I just knew that so much of what she was talking about, the way you feel, the desperation for God and seeking him and wanting those answers, a lot of that is very similar to what it feels like when you first start um, like working from home, you leave your job, you transition, you're in that wilderness season, that hard season, you're trying to figure out how in the world you're supposed to do this home stuff and mom stuff and be an entrepreneur and your business isn't making the money that you want. And it just feels like so many things aren't working. So there's that part of it too. And you know, we are called to multiple things. And a lot of times God can take us through something that has this big impact through our whole lives, not just business, not just motherhood, it's all connected. So I wanted to bring Julie on to talk about how what this looked like for her and hope that it would encourage you. So without further ado, let's get into this conversation I had with Julie Thomas. Welcome back to the Mom with a Calling podcast. Today, I'm talking to Julie Thomas. Um, Julie, thank you so much for being on the podcast with me today. Thank you for having me so much. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited to talk to Julie today um, because she's going to be talking to us about her story and with dealing with postpartum depression and how God called her to use that to help others. And it's not the normal story you would think about. So to get started here, um, Julie, can you go ahead and share with us a little bit or as much as you want about your story and what was happening? Where was God calling you through all this and how was God speaking to you? All of that stuff. Well, um, this portion of the story that led to the I'm second video and everything, it started when I had my, I have two boys. Um, I was a stay-at-home mom in grad school and uh, I had two boys. And so the second one comes along. And as soon as he was born and uh, we come home from the hospital, it wasn't the usual come home. It was uh, very different. It was, it's really hard to tell people this part of the story, but it was real to me and it might seem unreal to other people, but there was a reel in my head. Like it was a movie playing in my head of me pacing up and down the postpartum hallway. And I'm searching, frantically searching for something, not sure what I'm looking for. And then I'll come across a baby cart that's empty and I would just weep like I lost the baby. Unreal to anybody that hears it, but it was so real in my head it wouldn't stop playing. I don't know how to explain that to someone. It just kept playing constantly. So I would randomly pick up my youngest and just weep like I lost him. It, it was almost like I embodied the sorrow of a mom who lost a baby mm. when I really didn't. I didn't mm. have the baby with me. It was hard to explain. So needless to say, that started to translate into our home uh, marriage. I have an older son who was two and a half at the time. And it just made things very difficult. So I was not able to connect what's in my head to my current reality of being a new mom and having a toddler and being in grad school and being a homemaker, wife, everything. It wasn't connecting. It was a huge disconnect between the two worlds and I'm still living it. 
no one else can see it. So it started to affect our, our marriage. My husband and I started to like fight and uh, it started to get to the point where you could see physical manifestations of it in my life, uh, especially nighttime when everything was quiet. I'm guessing it's the anxiety, but this would speed up like, like it was on fast forward and it would speed up so much that I would want to get away. And without, I can't even remember thinking about it. I would sprint out the door in my pajamas, like no, no shoes, no socks, nothing barefoot out the door into the dark. Usually it was usually night, night, late in the night. And then my husband would realize that I was gone and he would get up. He can't leave the two babies at home. So he would pack up the babies and drive around looking for me. So when that started to become our reality, we weren't sure. We didn't, we didn't even put a finger on postpartum. It mm -hmm. didn't click. So we went to the doctor. Of course, it was diagnosed as postpartum. And, you know, typically six to six months to a year, but it didn't, it didn't that shelf life just kept extending for me. And it just kept going to the point where I was afraid to be in the light. I was afraid to go to the grocery store, afraid to go to church, afraid to make eye contact, ashamed to be in public. Um, uh, just a lot of rage, anger. Um, yeah, and I just, it became one convoluted mess. Life in my head and in reality, just now it was, jumbled up and so it was it was messy uh, I was I was led to uh, a counselor and I did that for like a good four years and that was a big safe place for me and I am so glad uh, I had that uh, we we sought prayer from any and every source that we could find mm -hmm. um, so yeah um, that was what uh, my journey was and of course this battle with God about what is this? You know, I, I I believe in healing, and I've seen, you know, with somebody that you pray for that has cancer or an illness, and you pray for them, and you see their healing, and then you're grateful to God. And so I thought that would happen. You know, I I knew there was a season I would have to endure, like a year maybe, and I would be okay. I, I just trusted God for that, and it, that didn't happen. And so this rage toward God, to the point where I would you know, just shake my fist at heaven physically, literally, and tell him, mm -hmm. I'm not going to raise my boys to know you because it's not worth it. That kind of battle with God. And so, yeah, uh, when these things started to happen, I'm looking for ways to get out of this. And, you know, I'm definitely praying every day because I was raised Christian and all I know was God. And so I started to just seek his face and like, help me, help me, help me, and then get mad because he wasn't helping me. And so I started to now think of, I need to find a way out, right? So counseling was helping me. It was a safe place for me, but it wasn't helping me get out of what I was going through. And so I needed more than one avenue. So I started to open up the Bible. A uh, good Christian girl, I read the Bible every day and all that, but I never read the Bible. Mm -hmm. And when I got that desperate, I started to turned the pages looking for somebody that suffered like me. And I was like, who's in there? Who's in there like me? And all these biblical heroes that we know stories of all had backstories that I never 
maybe wasn't taught where I grew up, or maybe I didn't recognize it because I didn't have that need in my life for seeing their backstories. Uh, but whatever it is, it led to me seeing their backstories, David, and you know everybody that suffered and struggled and went through a journey before we know the big stories that they lived out. And so I was, that brought a lot of comfort and relief to me, just diving in, finding me, finding words like despair and distress. And I was like, whoa, these words are in the scriptures. And I felt guilty that I'd never seen them before growing up Christian all these years. But, you know, those started to come alive. Those started to be like highlighted in front of my eyes and I would write them down and I started to journal them down. And that was the journey. And in my heart of hearts, I knew that this was not going to end as soon as I wanted it to. And there was this voice or this impression saying, endure, endure, endure. And I, I tried, but I also fought at the same time. Like, you know, I'll endure. When I had my journal open, I'd say, I'll endure a God. And, you know, I'm waiting for the end of the season, write it down and everything. And then when I, everything hit so hard that I couldn't breathe, when anxiety hit so hard that I couldn't breathe, when I was afraid. And if I ran out of the grocery store, that kind of stuff started to happen then. Endure wasn't an option for me. I wanted the quick out. So uh, that's what was happening. And then um, it led to uh, year four in our church. And I was part of the church. And, you know, it's our family and church family. And I knew everybody. And we had an event for women that was kind of large. And uh, I was sitting among a lot of my friends. And it was a fun you know, event comedy and door prizes and games and good speakers and, you know, everything, worship. And it was miserable for me. I couldn't explain it to anybody sitting around me, but I felt like I didn't know any of them. I felt like I was the only one in that room suffering while everybody else was laughing. I felt like I'm just not worthy to sit here. I wanted to go hide in the restroom, but I was like trapped in between like good friends. So like, you know, it was like, I just ended up staying the night and not wanting to be there at all. So this heaviness kept increasing through the course of the night. And I come home, put the kids to bed and I was suffering with insomnia at that time. And I just sat up in bed and this kept increasing this, you're alone, you're, you're a shame factor. You're this, there's no one less like you. You can never live normal in this world again. That kind of feeling kept intensifying. And so I kept asking God, what is this, Lord? What is this? And I don't know if I mentioned this earlier, but I was afraid of the light. And so I would completely block all the light in my house for years. It just kept everything closed. I would even pin it to the wall so that nothing crept in, you know, any opening, any shades, any blinds were pinned to the wall. Nothing crept in. But that morning, as the day was dawning, and this feeling was still intense. It was, I remember sometime after five and as the light was creeping in, there was this strong impression on my heart telling me that you were, everything you felt in that room last night, it is real and you're not the only one. There's several others that were sitting in that dark, in the chairs, just like you. I want you to share your story now. And you know, like you said in the beginning, that's not a pattern, right? You typically have an amazing story and I really didn't. And so I'm battling that shame and the hesitation and the fear and everything combined. 
I doubt it if I heard right. Uh, but to the point where God just wouldn't let go. There was, there was a nudge. There was a push every time I hesitated and I opened up finally. Started sharing my story in small groups with friends, coffee shop conversations. And my story started to come out in that way. And I would say about 75 to 80% of the response back was, we had no idea. I am too. And, you know, and I go to this church, people know me. So people that I shared it with was mostly at my church and they had no idea that I was struggling. And when they said, hey, I am too, and we didn't know you were, it was confirmation, one little one after the other. And the one that I always share is a friend of mine that sat across from me at a coffee shop one day and said, uh, she told me, you know, I'm glad that you shared your story when you did, because if you had told me when you were on the other side, I would have never sat across from you today. I would have never told you my story. And I most likely wouldn't have taken your story to heart. And so that was confirmation for me that I wasn't hearing crazy, that I was not insane. Um, so that's where the story started to come into the light. And I feel like Every time I walked into a coffee shop and sat across from someone and they shared their heart and I, just to comfort them, pulled something out of somewhere that I remembered from the scripture and shared it with them. And I would drive home and feel that in turn working into my life and go, oh, and it was one release, step of release at a time for me. I didn't get that big lift of the heaviness as I would have liked. But every time I opened up, every time a story came into the light, it started to release me. Um, yeah. And so that's how that was where my story started to come out at year four, at the year four mark, that it started to come out into the light from uh, all that darkness. In the beginning. Wow. I just, <laughs> such a powerful story. And there are some parts of that that I just latched onto when I watched the I am second video I was like in tears because it was just so it was just neat to me how like this interview got aligned and then I was seeking some clarity around moving forward with something like in my business basically even though I don't feel like I've accomplished I've healed I've reached whatever journey and it was like listening to you I was it just it made me tear up because it was like God was affirming to me by, because I had, I hadn't watched your video yet. And I was like, Oh, I need to watch it like in that moment. Cause I was procrastinating. <laughs> and it was like, um, it was just, it's just neat to me how, how God does that. And wow. I think it's, I think it's so powerful because I think so many women have some kind of struggle, whether it's postpartum, whatever it is. And God uses our mess, you know, the things that we go through and you see it all through scripture. Somebody goes through something really hard and then they come back around. And a lot of times Either that thing is to change something in you um, or like, I mean, I think Paul said this somewhere. I, mean, I know he did. He said like, God puts you through suffering so you can help others that suffer the yeah. same. And it's yeah. like, that is, it's just powerful to acknowledge that. But like you said, that was really powerful about your friend where it's, or that, yeah, that it's sharing from the place of like, you're not all the way through it yet. And I think a lot of times in business, people will say, you know, don't share from an open wound, share from a scar where it's mm -hmm. like, you're not raw about this, but I feel like 
I mean, God trumps what some business person says. Like if God is telling you to share now and to help people now when you're in this, especially when you are finding hope, because that's what I've experienced too. It's like when I am struggling with trusting God and he gives me a word, I want to turn around and tell the person who's still struggling to give them the word that you just gave me. And then it's going to bring them right along. And you can feel it so strongly in your heart because you are actively going through it. And it's like, when God gives you that message, it's just like you say it out to the person and it gives them that hope in the moment. It reminds me of, I think it was like a blind man when Jesus, when they, the disciples ask him like, who caused this? Was it his parents? Was it him? And he's like, none. It's just so that God, like, so that yeah. the son of man could come by and basically heal him. And it's like, sometimes things that are happening, it's like, it's going to bring God glory. So that yeah. like you're saying your own healing, but also just so like you were chosen <laughs> to go through this just so that you can help other people going through the same things. And you said, yes. And that's what's really powerful there. I also love that the part. Easy uh, yes. That wrong, wasn't an easy right. yes. That wasn't an easy yes. Right. The part about reading your Bible, that one struck out to me because I did the same thing and I wasn't. I mean, I wasn't dealing postpartum, but it was when I came home from my career and came home to be with my son, it was the hardest thing I've ever done. And I found myself in such a desperate place of wanting to get out of like what felt like, I mean, I guess it probably was a depression of like feelings just so heavy and so unsure and so scared all the time that, I mean, I did the same thing where I took my Bible and I was like, I want to know what this says about God. What, and I started to see things. And of course, this is the Holy Spirit showing you and revealing you, but it's also because you're seeking it. So can you talk about what that process looked like? Like if you hadn't done that before, how did you start doing that? What did you start doing to read your Bible differently? Well, thank God for all the apps we have today. So I started to put in the words into the search, into the search tab, words that I was feeling like dread, despair, distress. I was looking for all the bad <laughs> words, not spiritually hopeful words by any means. Mm -hmm. I wasn't looking for, you know, power or anything like that. I wasn't looking for anything of that sort. I was looking for me, basically. Uh, I wanted to see me and, you know, uh, the word of God, like it says in Corinthians, is like a mirror. It started to reflect back and I started to see these words highlighted in the scripture. And I'm so grateful for, um, you know, I'm probably, I don't know how many years ago did this come along, but it, it would have been hard to search for these words in the scriptures and find them. And so I'm so grateful for the apps and the tabs and everything that we have today where we can just put in the term and it mm -hmm. pulls up all the scriptures. So that was how I started to go in. And so that beginning phase of my journal, if you look in, it's all those scriptures. I, I dread this morning. I can't open my eyes. The weight of your it's too heavy on me, Lord. And, you know, just when will you lift this? When are you going to keep your promise to me? Just so many things. And you're, I'm seeing those were my scriptures when it started. And then as the seasons started to change, you know, I started to put in hope and <laughs> or peace or joy mm -hmm. because I was ready for that. But um, I think I needed that season of letting out everything that my body was shutting in and then exploding in ways that were so unhealthy, like running away and wanting to end life and just rejecting food and just so many ways in which my body was reacting to this and turning the lights off and keeping the house dark and stuff like that. 
I, I found that avenue to just started seeing those words in the scriptures gave me that avenue that I had permission to be the way I was at that point and let that happen. Let God direct that course for me as well. And not just, Oh, everything is powerful and great today. And I did that. I did assert my, I did write down scriptures that would assure me that one day I will see the promises of God. One day I will see all those scriptures were still relevant but at that point, what I needed was that release, that permission to release myself. And like, because I, like I said, I never, never searched the scriptures for those kind of expressions and feelings. I didn't know that I was free to do that. I always thought I had to be put together mm -hmm. before I opened that and just read all these hopeful scriptures when that's not what God did. He put all these in there for a reason. He put it all in there for us to see that you know what there is weakness my own son went through it in the garden and there he could have pulled that part out of the story he didn't and so that gave me so much assurance in my heart that I had permission to be in that season I had permission to let out the despair I had permission to let out my cries and my complaints and everything and that as long as I kept coming back to him Mm -hmm. and you know it's like so David that's right because I mean, like the song like when you because I feel like when I read through Psalms I don't know somebody I like just I don't know I guess decided to do it but I also heard about people praying the Psalms and I was like I've never heard such a thing but I started trying to do that or trying to imagine and you just see David <laughs> it's like pouring yeah. his heart out all the time and I was actually and she might be listening to this podcast so I won't say her name but I had a friend who I was reading through this with her and she said she made a comment she's like David's complaining again. And I was like, wait, yeah. I was like, number one, I was like, it's showing you, why do you think it's not okay for him to tell God what is wrong? Yeah. And I was yeah. like, like, whatever that is in you that thinks that God doesn't want to hear what's going on with you because he does. And I was like, you know, so when we have that different perspective of thinking like he's complaining, he's not, he's whining again. And it's like, that, no, right. Like, cause that's us thinking that we, I need to be perfect and that we need to be yeah. happy all the time because we're Christians. And it's like, it doesn't mean that we're not going to have sadness, sorrow, anger, you know, whatever that we're going to go through things. And when you see David, he's just like, what I love about his pattern is it's like desperation and like throwing it all out there. But yeah. then it always, it's like, he's reminding himself of God's yeah. goodness and power and all. Yeah. And it's like, he always wraps up with but you got a God, <laughs> like, you, exactly. you got this. Yep, but you yep. can say them for yourself. Like I've, I mean, yeah. in those seasons, if there's a Psalm, I'll grab, like I put sticky notes all over everything. And then I'll repeat them to myself yeah. as like affirmation. So I, you know, like you said, if you're reading something and it's, you got there because you're reading yeah. about someone's sorrow or you're reading about someone, you know, just like, I'm sure Jeremiah, you know, he's like constantly like my life is terrible, but, yeah. but in reading that you see how God's still there, how there are verses of hope that will pop, you know, pull mm -hmm. out for you. And so um, what I would do is I would write them on sticky notes and then I would look at them every day. And it's almost like at first I like wanted to believe them, but I didn't, I didn't grab them as truth. Yeah. And then over time I look at it and I'm like, oh yeah, I know that. Like, it's like, it becomes your thoughts, yeah. um, you know, renewing your mind through scripture and letting yeah. it heal you, but it's okay to come there in the first place because you're desperate. And I love that you turn to scripture because so many times we have the opposite reaction. And maybe even you did for a season where it was kind of yeah. like, like you said, 
I'm backing out or like people turn to drugs, alcohol, who knows what, right? Any, anything. But if we turn to God, he's there and he has something to say to us and he provides that healing, but we have to open ourselves up. Like he said, bringing it into the light. You have to open yourself up to let him heal you in it because it's like in the garden there, they were ashamed. So they hid, he can't help you if you're hiding. I mean, yeah. you know, like he, you're not letting him in. And so bringing it full force like that and just to the front is hard and vulnerable, vulnerable, but it's also where God wants you to be like your heart to be in that place. That's right. Because I feel like there was a, another, um, like a vision, I guess, I don't know what it was a vision, what it, it was in 2021, I was going through all of this, these doubts and whatever. And I remember the vision was kind of like, I'm in prison. Like, it's like a, the, kind of like an analogy, like Jesus has released, like let go of the chains and the prison door standing open, but it's like, I'm still in bondage to lies and beliefs and culture and whatever the world is saying. And it's like, I've turned, you know, you're not seeing that the door is open. Like there's freedom yeah. here. Um, but like letting, letting that healing take place. So I just thought I want to talk about the Bible part, because I think that that's a powerful part mm-hmm. because so many people still don't know how to read. Like we may have been reading our Bible our whole lives or whatever, mm-hmm. but we open it. And when I, I originally sat down and I was like, okay, I need to read my Bible every day. And I opened it and I was like, I felt like I was trudging through like molasses or something like it was, so, I didn't know what to do. But when I started asking the question, what does it say about God? And what does it say for me? And I did like what you did. I was like, I want to know about stories. At first it was stories and topics, right? Like worry money was a big one mm-hmm. because I'm doing business. Like just, is it okay to make money? Does God answer prayer? You know, all this, but then it morphed into reading whole passages and trying to read it for a different understanding. But, um, I just wanted to touch base on, on that one. And then the other part, okay, so the part where you felt like God was asking you to share your story and then you did, like you said, you were, you were resistant, kind of like, but I'm not, you know, able to do this. But you said that on the other side of that, you found healing as well, right? Yes, very much, very much. I felt like every time I think, uh, uh, I feel like when we hide things like these, which is the tendency because of shame and stuff like that, I feel like it grows. It just gets larger and darker. And I think every time I opened up this darkness to the light of God, and I feel like, you know, light kept entering my life because like I said, it was dark in my home for those years where to the point where my husband would ask the Lord because, you know, he would try opening the drapes and I would close it back. And he finally gave up and he, he asked the Lord for a sign that I would, that I would go open the drapes myself. And that would be the sign of healing of healing beginning in our lives. And, and so, yeah, as I shared with each person or each group, it started to set me free. And like, I came home hearing myself tell other people that the comfort that I received from the Lord, the same comfort, I used to comfort them, like the scripture says in the Corinthians that Paul says. And I would come home feeling comforted myself, not like a big lift, not the heavy, the mm-hmm. big lift didn't never happened, but one, one at a time. Um, and, and perhaps that's the way that I should have, I should have been here. I don't know. I just, I feel like maybe God knows how my body could have taken that healing, uh, you know, one at a time. And so 
because I'm, yeah, it takes me a while to, to get to something. And so I think my healing worked out the same way. You did it one step at a time, one topic at a time, because when you're dealing with depression and it continues on for six years, so many things get thrown into that, you know, and one at a time, he started to pull them out and deal with them. And if a friend of mine was dealing with unforgiveness, I would come home and ponder on that. And then in turn, it started to do yeah. things to my life. And so that's how, that's how I found healing in that, uh, just opening up in that way. What you said, something that really, I think is important to grab onto and talk about for a little bit, which is that this is a journey. And I think in our world today, uh, especially the younger we are too, we really, I've struggled with this because I will, I will say at this, like at, that I am willing to do the hard work and the long haul, and whatever, but at the same time, I'm like, are we there yet? Like, you know, and it's like, yeah. we want this instant gratification. We either want to be instantly healed or we want to be instantly having success in something. We want to instantly be making the money that we think we're going to make, you know, all these things. So I think it's really important to recognize, like you're saying, it's one bit at a time. And when you're going through any, I mean, anything, but I think also when there's a shift in your character and -hmm. there's a shift in your mind, I mean, if we look at scripture, you see things take a long time. Typically people aren't having like, I mean, Paul, I guess had like a conversion moment, but like they still have these long drawn out journeys of changing who they are. And like, you know, from the, I think it was like, was it like 20 years or something between the time when God gave Abram the, you know, the promise, but then it's like, he works in for the rest of his life, really. Right. And he just yeah. keeps moving and like this character change. I think of like Joseph is like one I'm kind of on right now where it's mm-hmm. like he, you know, the vision at 17, but it was like 39 before he actually fulfills yeah. that vision. But it doesn't mean that every single step along the way, which he wouldn't have chosen for himself. He would not have chosen to be sold and a slave and then in prison. Right. But it's that those pit moments, those desperate moments where we, I mean, it's not that God couldn't speak to us in a different way, but often we won't listen, right? We, yeah. as people, we're not going to listen until we're in kind of those desperation, those dark times. And I think that's, what's so powerful is that, like you said, God knows what we need and he's leading us along bit by bit with what we can handle and what I think is, it's like the wilderness kind of thing where it's like, he is teaching you, teaching me, whoever's going through something as you turn to him day by day by day, you're trusting him for everything. Like you get to a place where yeah, like you are relying on him for um, everything. You're praying about everything. You're, you're realizing that everything happens because of him. And to get to that place, like wherever you're going to go next, it's like, you need to be that and more yeah. right to even step into the next to the next role yeah so true it's 100 percent raw dependency on him mm-hmm. everything everything banks on my dependency on him it came down to that point for me to get from point a to point b to take care of my kids to go to the grocery store to be able to sit through a service at church for me it came down to 100% raw dependency on him where everything depended on him because mm-hmm. I just felt like I couldn't do anything without that. I needed it. I needed it. Like in my heart of hearts, I keep saying, I need you. I need you. I need you. I need you because I needed it. Uh, sitting through a service was very hard for me. I would, there were episodes where I would go just hide in the restroom stall till everything thinned out at church, you know? And so to sit through a service, I needed him. 
Mm-hmm. And I would say, help me, help me, help me, help me sit here, help me sit here, help me sit here. Um, just everything became raw dependence on God, 100%. And I couldn't survive without it. That's what it became for me. Mm-hmm. Um, just to be in front of a person, make eye contact. I couldn't do that. It was terrifying to make eye contact. It was terrifying to be out in the sunlight. Everything so let was people see you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think a lot of times um, when we're struggling with anything, I mean, we just being seen by like really being seen by people or like they're going to see that we're struggling as a mom or we're impatient with our kids or whatever it is. Um, it, yeah, it's it's the, the kind of natural instinct is to hide ourselves. Yeah. But I think oh, in yeah. those moments where we learn the dependency, it also starts. And I feel like this is your experience based on what you were saying is like you start to learn how to hear him. And there's a part of us where it's, you know, we all say we want to hear what God's telling us to do. We want to hear from him, but we kind of, because we have so many things coming in and when we're in like a really good spot, it's not that you can't hear God, but we don't really know how I feel like a lot of us. And so it's when you're in those moments where you are desperately seeking his voice and you learn, it's almost like you're, I mean, you're getting trained on how to hear him and you are, and you're humbled, right? You're, you're realizing that he is carrying you so that when you get to the next part, which I mean, you did, you like, you ended up writing this book. And when you write the book before a, you wouldn't have written a book, but B you may have written the book, like, look at my awesome ideas. I'm so great. But you're, you're a hundred percent in like this place of <laughs> obedience. Right. Yeah. And it's like, that's the people that God's going to use. Like we say that we want God to use us for these big things. Well, usually that means humbling ourselves, getting rid of our pride, depending Mm -hmm. on him. We can't be seeking money because for him to really work through us and he will provide, he will do all these amazing things. But the the irony of it is, is that when you get all those things, you actually don't care about them because what you really care about is just obeying God, serving him and doing whatever he says. Like that's really where your heart is, which is exactly like Joseph, right? He had, he became second in command under Pharaoh. And it's like, he could have said, I'm so awesome. But it even says like, Joseph started his year of service. And I was like, he, he still wasn't like, he was like, I am in service. Like he learned to have a heart, a servant's heart. And that's when God can really use him. That's when God can do big things to him. So can you speak to that a little bit? Um, yeah, like, you know, when, when we want that healing, and if we get it right away, and that's what I pictured for myself, where I thought, you know, if I get my healing, I'm going to tell people about this. So I'm in a strong place. So, you know, I'm going to be well-dressed and I'm going to be up there and tell people everything that happened and how they can find answers. And that was the first thing that comes to your mind because you're thinking God's going to get me through this and let me, but like I told you, I had to do it when I was still going through it. And that uh, even the book, when he asked me, when I felt like God asking me to write the book, I'm going, what am I writing on? Like, what, what am I writing on? Um, Because I felt like I had no credibility on the topic or anything. And all I kept hearing is go to your journals, go to your journals. Mm. So I literally went to the five years of my journaling in the year six of my struggle and wrote the book that year and just I felt like I was transcribing my journals onto the book. And again, it's just raw and open. Um, it's, there's no 10 steps to right. healing, but there is 
hope in every step that I went through the struggle for real and then the hope that I found in God in the scriptures in, in bringing the story to the light little by little it just turned out to be that way the book turned out to be that way I wouldn't have planned it that way that wouldn't have been a book that I would have wanted to write someday never mm-hmm. uh, but that's what it's about and uh, it's called hope inside out and that's literally very true for me um, he worked hope on the inside out for me. Um, I didn't get that big answer and then write my story. I had to write it from the inside out. And so, um, yeah. And how has I hope it been, that answers your question. It does. Well, and I mean, I think, well, I wanted to, yeah, because I think that I was, as you were talking, I was thinking, like you said, there's no 10 steps, whatever. And I think that's hard because sometimes it might be that you have literally come through something. And at one point you may turn around and write sort of the healing journey or the steps or whatever that could be part. But even now God can still use your story because there's not the, but it's, it's literally just written with the point of not you teaching them how to overcome something, but it's like how to have hope when you feel like there's no hope. Mm -hmm. And how you found hope in scripture through God. And it it just brings them back to God. And it's, and again, it's like, if we come at it thinking that we need to know all the things before we can do the thing and help people. Cause a lot of us, I mean, what we really want, what we, what we actually want is to help people. And we think that we need to be like an expert in something to help somebody. And you are an expert in going in being in depression, you know, like you're going through the thing. And what we discount is that there is power in, in, in the healing we're going through in the lessons we're learning that somebody else is going through it too. And like you said about your, I mean, that's really powerful about your friend, like how it's like, if you actually were on the other side and like happy and like, yeah, I'm over it. Then they're not, it's like, they don't, you're not, cause like when you have like a camaraderie, it's like you're in the trenches together yeah. kind of feeling, then you feel like you can listen to them and they're, you're just like taking their hands and saying, come on, like just one more step. Yeah. I jumped this over to this, you know, stone and you can jump too. Here's how I did it. And you're just right yeah. in front of them and yeah. that's okay too. And a lot of people, I think, I mean, I know I've done this myself where it's like, we're, we stop and we feel God telling us to do something um, when we're in the middle, but we're like thinking that we have to wait. And there are people that could be helped. There are things that you could be doing. God could be using you, except we think that we need to wait that we're not qualified yeah. um, to do this. And I'm sure you said you felt like that. So I'm like, who oh, am I to like write this? Yeah. Totally <laughs> like, unqualified. This mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Felt totally unqualified, you know, and um, I, I wrapped up my, well, the year that I was diagnosed with the postpartum, I got a PhD in my hand and it was in journalism. So as somebody in that field, you expect to be writing something along those lines. You're going to be a writer along those lines. Your career is going to go down along those lines. None of that happened. Everything. I got my, I got my degree and my diagnosis the same month. So like it never went anywhere from there. So there again, I'm seeing myself as unqualified to do this. Right. And so it just had to come down to obedience, which was again, not easy. Um, had to just do what he asked me to do and put it on paper and then just did that. That's all mm-hmm. I could do. <laughs> well, so how, yeah. So how did the house, so you said, I think before we started recording for this, but you were talking about like you did the book, 
And then what, like you, you reached out, like what were, I feel like God is going to have moved in some amazing way. <laughs> like, how did you get it out there? What happened from there? You, you ended up on, I am second. Like, how did this happen? What happened there? So well, I self-published, I didn't go through a publisher. Um, I used a self-publishing Avenue Christian self-publisher. And from there, God opened this uh, opportunity for me to be on, um, there was a Christian uh, channel, it's called Version and mm -hmm. Abide. So there's two of them. And I got to do a devotional based on the book, a, th mm -hmm. a three day audio devotional based on the book on there. And then that led me to, and I wasn't aware of any of this. Like I said, it wasn't with the intention of starting something that these were done. It was done just because that's the next step I saw in front of me. And I did that. And then somebody that knew what they were doing said, Hey, you need to open up a email list or subscriber list. And then I did that. And then because of the U version, I started to get, you know, this email list and people writing me. And then I had to write back. That became a, a big avenue of ministry for me. Never thought that I would see something like that open up in front of my eyes. And then a few opportunities to speak at churches. Um, and our church did like a, a, a video of my story. And then they had me speak at a women's night. Uh, so little opportunities like that started to happen. And uh, it all came stemmed from the book coming out. I think that's really cool because you self-published. So in theory, it's like some people discount self-publishing and maybe say, oh, oh gosh, it's not yeah. as great. But it's like people, if some, if the right, you don't know who's going to read that thing. And if the right person reads it and they talk to somebody who knows somebody, then they're all yeah. of a sudden, you know, because to get onto you version or something, you normally they reach out to you like that. You can't just reach out to them. Um, and like you said, these are these things to speak. And as you were, I was wrote down because I wanted to know at any point, did you find yourself starting to think um, how to like make it grow, make it be fat, like turn it into something, do all the things, or are you like, what's your thought process there of like, like, I feel like we can get into the habit or not the habit. We can fall into like the trap maybe of kind of pushing something harder than it needs to be going, like striving and trying to make it into something we want. And that, that line of that versus like having a vision and feeling God call you to move in that direction, but allowing God to do things in his timing. Can you talk about that a little bit? Totally depend on his timings, even to this day, because I really, first of all, didn't know how to grow any of this. I didn't, I'm not good at social media stuff. And even when the book came out, people said, you have to go out on social media and post every day. And I just don't post every day. That's just mm -hmm. not somebody that I am. So it was really uncomfortable for me. Writing the book alone was a big step of me coming and doing something that is not normal or to my character. It's not my nature. Um, I'm pretty reserved. I even people that, that I started sharing my story with were like shocked that I did because they always thought I was just as reserved, quiet person. And to do the book alone was a big, big step. And then you want to grow the email list. I didn't know how to do that, but the devotional did that for me. Um, and I just watched to respond to these people and their questions and their experiences. And it started to come from all over the world. And I <clears throat> was so truly humbled by what God was doing because 
I didn't know what to do. I really didn't know how to grow it and become an influencer because that's everything you hear. Even in the Christian world, you have to have a number to get your book published and all that. I didn't have any of that. That's why I self-published because mm-hmm. I wasn't even in a place. I wasn't even using social media when I published. So, well, I had a Facebook thing, but it, I, st- I still think the pictures from when my kid was just born and then the struggle started. Right. So it's still there. I never grew it from there. And then when the devotional happened and people started to write from all over the globe, so humbling, so humbling. And I still didn't know what to do with it. And God kept inserting what he needed to insert into my story. And I just have reached this place where, I mean, I have to do my bit, like depend on him, seek his face, write, you know, pray and read the word and grow and grow myself, of course, uh, and then obey as opportunities come along. And no matter how uncomfortable I feel, how scared I am that I had to just learn how to obey and he inserts what he needs to insert in portions of my story. And that's what you're seeing happen now with just the I'm second thing too. It's just, again, God inserting himself wasn't pursued. I didn't go pursuing it or try to grow my platform or anything. It wasn't any of that. It had nothing to do with any of that. It was just the Lord opening doors and yeah. I think that's really awesome, I guess, because <laughs> it, it, because it, it feels like refreshing and like this perspective of, I mean, I can hear in just the way you're talking about it. It's like your heart, your reward for all of this is honestly to, to know that it's impacting people and to hear yeah. that they're being helped. And it's yeah. kind of like, that's where your heart is. And, uh, and if God rewards you, like if you have a speaking engagement and somebody wants to pay you, then you're like, okay. But it also yeah. sounds like you're whatever kind of, I mean, you're probably praying about everything, but like whatever is kind of put before you, it's like, okay. <laughs> like, it's yeah. like, okay. Um, because I feel like I've thought about that. If I, people talk about publishing books and speaking and I'm like, I don't write, but I felt like God was telling me to write a book and I've not obedient but it's like when I when I think about that I'm because it's it's still rolling around my mind and it's you know we have this identity of like I'm not an author I'm not a to be on stage and be a speaker like I you know but when we put ourselves aside and you're not saying what do I like and what do I think needs to happen and what do I want to do it's like okay God because you literally didn't ask for these things. Like, just not, I think that's, that to me is like a dream of like when something happens that you know that it's the right thing because you're not making it happen. God is making it happen. And so, you know, you're in the right place. And then if nothing's happening, that's okay too. Or if he puts it on your heart to do something else, like, I I don't know. And I did have that two years of silence after the book came out and those speaking opportunities and the new version devotional. So I devoted all of last year to writing. I just wrote and I turned in manuscripts and stuff like that. And just nothing happened, you know? And so course then you're going am I in the right place now Lord but I still had to keep doing what was on my heart I just kept doing it faithfully uh I love writing so I just kept at it um Mm -hmm. and it didn't work out publishing didn't work out the way I wanted it to last year Mm -hmm. and I just didn't know what to do from there but like you said then when the next thing comes in front of me I now know just to obey (laughs) <laughs> because when I was asked to share my story and write the book and I was like no way no way no way but then 
I see now what God has done. How can I not obey, even if it's not what I wanted for myself, right? Um, yeah, and obeying, I mean, even like you're saying, if, if it went silent, but you still feel the need to help people. I've, I remind, reminded of like when Paul is traveling around, I think it's Paul and Silas, and they're trying to spread the word. And then it says, you know, the Holy Spirit wouldn't let us enter into Asia. And yeah. I always was like, wait, what does that mean? <laughs> like, did he yeah. like not, uh, you know? And I think it means that because when he, then he has a dream and he goes over to Macedonia and he's, they, they speak and they're looking for the Holy Spirit to move. And then somebody responds and he's like, okay, now I know I'm in the right place. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that when we don't see God moving or we can't understand that we're, we necessarily are supposed to just sit. So it's like, you might start, like you said, I'm going to, I think I want to write a book like you do. And maybe that book, even if it didn't get taken at some point, it will, it can be turned mm. into a blog post. You don't know what it's, why <clears throat> was it some kind of healing for you? You know, it doesn't, it's, but it's like, you're moving faithfully along and that yeah. some things, and I think this is something that God puts us through that a lot of us forget is that God's going to ask us to do things that may have zero return other than did you obey what he said? (laughs) And that's literally all he's looking for is your heart in the place to say yes. If you get nothing out of it, right? Like if he says to do this thing and nobody buys it, is that okay with you? Because is your heart really that you wanted to make money from it or is your heart that you wanted to obey God? And if it's to obey God, then it's there. I mean, there was a woman I interviewed like a couple episodes ago and she talked about a friend of hers who had a book that 10 years later would get picked up by like this church or whatever. And it's like, that's the power of books, which I think is Mm -hmm. really cool is that especially, I don't know that, I mean, there are books that I'm reading now. I'm like, I'm reading Experiencing God right now by Henry Blackaby which I love. And it was written like 30 years ago. And I'm sitting here like head down in it, like loving it. And I'm like, if he didn't write it, like no matter what technology does, I have a book in my hands and I can look at it, you know, the Bible, it's just, books are powerful to speak to people. And you just don't know where God, like where that book's going to land and whose lap it's going to end up in. Um, Like I actually, I like ended up with that, like a yard sale or something. Like it wasn't, I didn't seek it out, you know? So I think that's really powerful. Okay. So, so today you're just still moving along. Like you're just yes to the next thing in front of you. You have this new wave of interest because of the I am second release yeah. and you're just on podcasts and saying, okay, well, where can people learn about you find out more if they're going through this or just want to see more about what you're doing? Well, the book is, I think my main uh, avenue where you can, the whole story is in there, everything, every detail of the journey. And uh, it's called hope inside out. And it looks like that. It's on Amazon. It's available on Amazon. Um, you can find me on Instagram. Uh, look for Jules underscore Thomas because Julie Thomas was taken. So it's Jules underscore Thomas. And then you can find my story on I'm second. Uh, it's on YouTube on their website. And so, yeah. And I also have a website called JulesThomas.com. Awesome. Thank you. I will put all of that information in the notes. Thank you so much for being here today, Julie. It was really great talking with you. And thank you for having me. This is refreshing. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Mama with a Calling podcast. As always, you'll find the show notes for today's episode at mamawithacalling.com slash podcast. Really quick before you head out, are you loving these episodes? 
To make sure this podcast gets in the ears of as many mamas as possible, please head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. And while you're there, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes. I'm going to be reading your reviews on the podcast, so I can't wait to hear from you. Also, if you know someone that needs to hear these episodes, grab a screenshot and share it on Instagram. And don't forget to tag me at Mama with a Calling so I can share it in my stories. Until next time, keep pursuing your calling.